Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And we're here to ruin a horror movie for you, as we do every week. Allison, how are you doing? I feel like I, you know, I wanted to have a little human moment up top. Yes. Yeah, we we really go uh, from right into demons so quickly these (laughs) days. It's nice to check in with another living, breathing human being. I'm I'm good. I, I feel like this is the time of year where I just end up like, Everything is great because it's, like, a fun time of year, but then, like, I always end up with, like, no sleep and terrible allergies, so I'm just, like, balancing out, like, the, like, excitement of, like, it's fall in New York with, like, I can't breathe and I haven't slept (laughs) in a week. I am so sorry. That was the one, the best thing about moving to L.A. is my allergies are so much better here. And I think it's just because it's so drier, you know, or the weather doesn't change quite as much. Oh, because New York, you knew me in New York, like, awful. I know, just like always kind of like fighting something within yeah. your body. Um, but yeah, when I lived in LA, it was the same. I was just like, I got off the plane and I was like, took like a deep, like nasal inhale and it was like <laughs> clear as day. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get why people like it here. Yeah, the trade off is. Which is like, not the reason that anybody cites. <laughs> listen, well, it should be top 10 as far as I'm concerned. The only trade off yeah. of that is that like right now, like it's so dry. So we have to run a humidifier. And if we don't, oh, like, yes. I have, like, a dry hacking cough. But I will take that over mm. having, like, an asthma, allergy-induced asthma attack any day. Yeah, the it's, t- like, I hate, though, when the inside of your nose feels like it's been scratched by knives. That, like, super, hate super it. dry. I hate, hate it. it. I hate it. Um, hate it. I just wanted to share, because I, it feels on topic, um, uh, Dave, boyfriend of the pod, has yes. a wonderful son. And this weekend, he was really upset about something. And he, he's, he's like, he's three. So he, you know, you, you can't necessarily put it into words like what you're upset about. And Dave asked him, like, right. so what are you afraid is going to happen, you know, in this particular scenario? And his son just goes, vampires. And I think that <laughs> it's sort of like a combination of like, it, like he's been watching a lot of Halloween stuff, like age-appropriate yeah, stuff. Like, like he knows what vampires are, you know? So I think it's like right. when he's upset and also we watch like a Halloween special you know, for toddlers or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just going to say, I think it's vampires. And it was like, yeah. I see no, how your brain took you there, you know? Yes. And also like, and we're just at the phase, like, I don't know what it's like in LA, but like walking around, like there's some Halloween advertising up. There's Halloween, oh, yes. Spirit Halloween stores taking over, you know, they're, closed they're Barney's out in, in Every Chelsea. other building in LA is pretty much a Spirit Halloween store. Yes. And I would say that like of all of the creatures that would, and monsters that would show up in something that is for children mm-hmm. about Halloween, vampires do seem the scariest because they are adults. Like it's a man in a suit. That's and true. I think you don't that's see already, a lot of children like vampires. Yeah. Right. They're mostly adults. And I think that that's all that power, you know. Right. A, when you're three, an adult is, can be scary. And then also it being a vampire. And I will say we went to Universal Studios. I'd never been before. Super fun. 
And there was, they were setting up for Halloween, so there was just a random vampire man in costume walking around, which was thrilling um, to to Dave's son. And then also there's a Harry Potter world, and because he is so young that he doesn't know about Harry Potter, he's like, oh my God, it's vampires. Because everyone has like a cape and a cloak on. Right. But I was like, okay, and Aww, he had a good time buddy. with that. I know. I was like, I, again, you see, it's like, oh, that's the natural, that makes sense. Like, of course it is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's the For best. Sure. And it made me think of, I remember, I think I must have been in kindergarten. My first like spooky memory of something that horrified me was getting a book for the library. And do you remember that story about like the woman with the green ribbon around her neck? Yes. 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 Well, I'll, I'll spoil it in oh, case I'm you don't I'm sorry if there are scary noises. They are vacuuming the hallway of my building. <laughs> There's a um, vampire vacuuming in my ooh. building. Oh my God, that would be amazing. You open your door and it's just like Dracula. <laughs> He's like... Move over. I'm trying to get the dust. <laughs> his, his cape just getting <laughs> caught in the vacuum over and over again. <laughs> Not again. Well, I remember reading that story, and I'll spoil it now. If you haven't heard of this, a very famous urban legend, a man meets a yes. woman. She has a green ribbon tied around her neck, and he always asks her, you know, like, what does that symbolize? What, why, do you, why do you like it so much? And she's like, I'll tell you one day, not today. They get married. They have kids. And then finally, she's on her deathbed. This is the way I heard it anyways. She's on her deathbed, yeah. and she says, um, you can finally take the green ribbon off. And he takes the green ribbon off, and her head falls off and rolls across the yes. floor. And I yes. read that it's an age, similar, you know, to like toddler kindergarten, where I was just young enough where I'm like, it could that be possible? Like, I was like, I don't think right. that that could happen. But I don't know for sure. And that's the most terrifying experience of like, probably not, but maybe, you know. Yes, yes. I very much remember that story and, like, that that's the book, like, the scary stories to tell in the dark and, like, all of those stories. And I remember I did, because, like, while I don't like watching scary things, I was a voracious reader as a child. Now I just scroll Twitter until I fall asleep. Um, but <laughs> I remember reading a lot of those different scary stories and being like, I don't know, it's in a book. It must be real. Where it's like, yeah, these are urban legends. Like, well, okay, if, if people are saying it, you know, it must be true. I right. will shout out, now that this comes to mind, a podcast um, by a, a friend of the pod. It's called uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod. It's by Anna Dresden and Andrew Farmer. Yes. Two oh, hilarious people. Big fans. And we they go them. through the stories in the um, Scary Stories to oh, Tell in the Dark they? books. And sort of like, it's great. it's great. So in case you're like, oh, I remember oh, those great. books, please give that a listen. It's super funny. Yes. And those stories, we read them so young. And I, it is, first of all, the stories are horrifying. And then the illustrations. I think Stephen Gamble yes. was the um, uh, illustrator. Horrifying. So this spooky season, please revisit. Oh, what a great, great fun pod to listen to in the spookiest month of all, which is October. Um, and speaking of spooky things. Yes, we have been uh, asking you, uh, you know, not at all selfishly as slaves <laughs> to the algorithm, to please leave us some five-star reviews. But when you re leave a review, if you leave a spooky one, we will read it on the pod, mm -hmm. and we are going to do that now. This one is from Sid E. Five stars. Thank you. Wrote, although on the surface, this podcast seems delightful. The hosts have great senses of humor, which makes their conversation fun to listen to. Doesn't matter if you're a fan of horror or not. It's actually so diabolical that I am compelled to speak out. <laughs> Hallie, who revels in darkness and evil, mm -hmm, has been manipulating her sweet, trusting friend. 
And there's a guys that they're just innocently t- chatting about harmless horror movies. The frightening reality is Hallie is casting a spell Ooh. on Allison. Oh. Whew. Pay close attention and you'll hear the telltale signs Ooh. of incantations. There's a rhythmic <laughs> quality to the storytelling and specific patterns of words that are always used, such mm-hmm. as, Allison, what would you do? Who will survive? And fatal mistakes. Oh my God. There's a reason why Hallie says these things over and over in a deceptively soothing way. And it's not good. Oh my God. Thank you, Sid. That's terrifying. That's spine ah, tingling. That's so scary. That's so scary. Oh my God. There is a very spell like, you know, mm-hmm. repetitive way that the podcast, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not ruling it out, is what yes. I'm saying. And I definitely feel like that is also why the podcast I think is good to fall asleep to is that mm-hmm. it's going to lull you into a sense of security, yeah. a false sense of security. Yes. So yeah, like yes. you said, that is what I'm doing. You hit the nail on the head. I haven't Oof. decided what I'm going to do with the power I have over Allison, but you've got time. Exactly. I'm going to figure something out. And also, the spooky review of this yeah. title was titled "Poor Sweet Allison," which is it's so oh, very yes. scary. Like "Poor Sweet Allison" is the name of a horror movie from the '70s. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. I love it. Um, And this is actually perfectly in keeping with our theme for the month because we are going full witches, all witches, all the time for um, the month of October. And this week's movie was recommended by uh, Courtney uh, by email and Emmy on Twitter. So thank you guys for the recommendation. And before we get started, we also wanted to suggest that you join us for our next live virtual show on Monday, October 25th. We are doing yes. um, James Wan's Malignant. Iconic. Uh, I would describe, yes. here's, here are the words I use. Bonkers. Nuts. <laughs> I gasp out loud multiple times during this movie. Um, oh, my God. So you can get tickets at momenthouse.com slash ruined. And I I feel like if you know nothing about this movie, don't look it up. You know what I mean? I feel like you go go all the way in it or yeah. stay all the way out. Go in Because cold. you're going to enjoy Allison's cold reaction to what I'm about to tell her in this movie. Great. Great. And we'll be showing the trailer. If you joined us for the last one, it's going to be the same vibe. We're going to make a drink. There's going to be a chat. It's going to be a whole fun kind of party hang on a Monday night in the spookiest month mm-hmm. of the year. And then also, if you can't make it Monday night, it's up for 72 hours after the initial stream. So if you're busy, you can still buy a ticket and then have access to it uh, for a couple of days there. You know, schedules are complicated and, you know, we understand that not everybody is always around at the same time, but you can still enjoy the live show. Um, so we hope we will see you there. And um, yes. Even if you can't make it, you can make it to the podcast episode you're listening to right now. So let's get it yes. started. The movie we are ruining this week is, of course, 1999's iconic found footage classic, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, boy. Now, Allison, I feel Ooh, like this was such boy. a sensation. Um, yes. So, but I'm, so I'm assuming you've heard of it, but I didn't know if you had seen the trailer, you know, in our youth. So what were your first thoughts about watching the trailer? The two things I know and remember about this movie are, one, that it is a found footage-style film, um, and two, that it took place in Maryland, which is where I am from. Okay, great. And I remember when it came out, that being, like, a big thing, and, like, of course, whatever happened did not really happen. Um, or did it? It's not it? based on a true story. It's it just didn't. a found footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I remember being, like, why did it have to be here? <laughs> like, you never want yeah. the scary thing to take place in the, like, weird-ass state that you live in, even if you live nowhere near it and it's fiction. <laughs> yeah. 
The trailer, I mean, it definitely, I remember, like, I remember seeing this, tra- like, as soon as it started, I was like, yep, I remember, and like, of course, like, it's, you know, the one, that scene, I don't think it was in the trailer, but you know, I know the one scene of, like, the woman with the camera facing right. her in, like, the black and white, um, and she's, like, freaked out. It's like, that's been parodied, you know, <laughs> so many, so many, so many, so many places to the point that, like, I'm sure it wouldn't be scary, but it still would, Um but is this the first, like, real, like, successful found footage horror film? Well, so, um, it is. it was sort of credited with being the revival of the um, okay. style. The movie that's sort of, like, the most iconic um, found footage horror movie is called Cannibal Holocaust. It came out in 1980. Okay. It's an Italian horror movie by Ruggiero Deodato. And that sort of had the same thing as um, Blair Witch. And if you're a child, you don't know. Let's say you were born in the 2000s. There are some of you out there. Um, this, the pitch right. of the Blair Witch was that this was a real, this was real found footage. These were actually three film students who did disappear, and this is what was recovered. And similarly, Cannibal right. Holocaust was like, this is a team of anthropologists. You know, now looking back, it's extremely you know like racist and xenophobic. But like they go to the Amazon rainforest. And this is sort of the account of, well, let's just say something of a cannibal holocaust. The title says it all. And so that also was like, oh, it's real, you know, and people didn't, you know, like, was it real? Was it fake? And it was sort of um, a lot, there was a lot of controversy about what was actually in it. Now, in that movie, they did actually kill animals for the purposes of the film, which you're just not doing anymore. You know what I mean? Different time. Different time. Um, but in terms of eating, killing or cannibalizing people, fortunately that at least did not happen, thank God. But um, Blair Witch, it premiered at Sundance um, to acclaim, and it was it's such a huge blockbuster thing. I remember hearing about the movie before it came out from a friend saying, this is a true story, like this is a documentary about yes, yeah. found footage. And I was I really excited. I remember that being very muddied for, like, yes. it's during the initial release. And then it became clear, like, no, this is not yeah. real. And part of what I think, and I think does really work, is that a lot of the dialogue is improvised. Like, they sort of have a loose script, and then it's just three people who are now stuck in the woods arguing and screaming at each other. So that's a lot oh, of God. the tension, like, as it rashes up. Which, Blair Witch aside, if you're lost in the woods, I mean, like... Yeah, that's already scary. Um, it also is famously like the it had like the biggest budget to um, like box office like proportion. Right. I don't know what you call that, but like yes. a percentage. It was like the original budget was thirty five to sixty thousand, yeah. and then it ended up making like uh, two hundred fifty million dollars worldwide. Like huge Jesus. blockbuster hit. Ah, I know, and. And I remember going to see this with my dad and because uh, we would like go see, like have like movie dates. And I remember being yeah. like, like, I was like, oh, this is fun. And like the last scene, which is very iconically terrifying, the last scene just being like, oh, no, I'm going to remember this forever. It's so scary. Oh, no. But I'm excited for you to also be haunted by that memory um, yes. in a second here. Uh, we also take a baseline scary when it comes to all our horror movies. So, Allison, well, uh, how what, how scared do you find the concept of being lost in the woods? I mean, extremely. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you're far enough in the woods and you can't see a way out, even if you're not lost, that's scary. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big woods fan. Um, I like a coast. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's comfy for me. Uh, and, like, I'm not good at directions. 
Like, I know New York because I know it. Right. And I know where to go all the time. And but a like, lot of the cities laid out as a grid, let's be honest. You know, yes, it, exactly. certain parts, it and would like, be genuinely impossible for you to get that lost. Yes. And then, like, also, like, when you live somewhere, you just come to know directionally where you are at most times. But, like, the woods don't offer that. And even, like, even Los Angeles, when I lived there, I was like, I don't know where I am any of the time. <laughs> and every time I got in the car and had to look at a map, it was terrifying. And that, putting, the, like, taking me out of a car and putting me in the woods, even scarier. I will say, living in LA, I how it is interestingly interesting how quickly the human brain. I now orient myself based on the mountains, mm-hmm, and like I remember going mm-hmm, back to Ohio, mm-hmm. and it's you know very flat, and I was like, this flat. is a totally different spatial like experience of the world. Yes, like I don't know where Definitely. the hell we're driving. No, like if it said night, I can't. Like, it's it was, flat in all four directions. Like, how do you know where you're going? And this is a movie where the the characters have to rely at times on a compass. Let me tell you, if I ever have Ugh. to rely on a compass to survive, you're going to find a skeleton no. with a compass in its hand. Because it, yeah. not, I'm not going to be able to pull it off. That hasn't moved because I don't know <laughs> what it means. Like, I'm going to be 20 feet no. from my car. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going yeah. to be behind an Arby's. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to get out of there. Yes. I cannot use a compass. That is not something I know how to do. <laughs> yeah. It's not a skill I am foresee that I'm going to learn. Yeah. And in that scenario, I was trying to find the Arby's with the compass. That well, was... yeah, I think that's that's the North Star. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then finally, before we get started, would you like to guess the twist in The Blair Witch? Guess the twist. I mean, maybe what's chasing them is an animal? Okay. okay is, what, how spooky is this animal? Very spooky. Great. Like the spookiest animal. Which of like course a deer that doesn't have skin. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Now we're talking. Yeah, a skinless servant. Uh, yeah, a, a deer that's made entirely out of sticks or something. Yes. Okay. Ooh, see, now now mm. we're just coming up with great scary ideas. Copyright. I please know. don't steal that. Nobody steal this. We'll make them. I I like that. I like that. There's something else going on. Good guess. Yeah. Something's out. My my guess is that something is out there with them. It's not necessarily just them being afraid. Of Absolutely. Nothing. Um, all right, so let us begin by ruining the Blair Witch Project. Um, another thing that, again, to sort of sell this as like a found footage thing is that all of the main characters are named after the actual performers. So That's Heather Donahue, Michael that. C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard. Heather, Mike, and Josh. These are our, our, our main crew. And the movie opens with my favorite thing, text on the screen. It's just oh. more believable, maybe. And it says, in October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. Mm. A year later, their footage was found. Mm-mm. And here, so now from now on, this is what we're seeing. And I think that it's a really affecting style because it, they are genuinely like, you know what I mean, 22. They're using, like, cameras they kind of, like, either stole from school to use without permission yeah. or, like, they're just, like, they couldn't afford nice stuff. And it does really put you in that place of, like, having no money but, like, really needing, wanting to make a movie and and being willing to, as we know in a lot of our horror movies, being willing to yes. maybe go beyond the what yes. is a, appropriate in terms of what you think you could handle. They're pushing. That is our filmmaker, yes. Heather. So Heather is like, this is her 
a project. And then she has her cameraman, Josh. So it seems like they are friends beforehand, like they know each other. And then they have this guy, Mike, come on as their sound guy. And they don't know Mike, but like, it's obviously like they're all film students. So it's like, oh, if you work on this for me for no money, I will work on your stuff for free with for no money. Yes. You know, like this is uh, it's very comedy vibes. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, I can't pay come do you. my show. <laughs> yeah. I'll do your show. No one makes money. Right. I will. We, we'll get some free beers. You know, and that's sort of yeah. Uh, you know, but luckily because they're all on board, they're like, yeah, sure, we'll all go out to the woods and shoot a documentary uh, for you. So like they they load up their um, they get their camping supplies, they buy a bunch of like snacks, and the plan is they're only going to be out there like two days, basically. And okay. they're going to go to Burkittsville. They're going to shoot, interview some townsfolk, shoot some B-roll, go into the woods, and then be like, what, what was our experience of the woods, you know? Yes. Um, and they go to Burkittsville, and they're interviewing some townsfolk. And the younger people don't seem to know as much. They're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of the Blair Witch. Like, that is a local legend. But, like, I don't know any specifics, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, Mike and Heather and Josh all have, like, a good vibe right away. Like, they all joke about, like, we should cut our fingers and put the blood on, like, the um, when they slate the first scene. And instead, they all kiss the slate. And I thought that was cute. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, I'm glad you guys They're are good fun. spirits because things are going to go to shit here. Are they all just friends? Um, like, film school friends? Yes. So I think Josh and Heather are actually friends. Like, they know each other. And Mike is just, like, somebody who's probably, like, in their program or in the school, but then okay. they don't know as well. So this is their first time working with okay. Mike. And um, But they're all, like, pretty, like, whatever, you know, college students. Like, I guess yeah. originally Josh and Heather had a romant- like a romantic subplot, but then the filmmakers were like, that's kind of, like, a cliche, and also we don't really need it because yeah. that's not what this movie's about. Yeah. It's about just being terrified right. of the this woods. This isn't a— a rom horror. Right, yeah. It's not the most romantic setup, as you will find out in a minute yeah. here. And Heather gives us some backstory, and she does a lot of the voiceover, and at certain points she does interviews, which is an interesting choice as a, you know, an interviewer, as a documentarian, do you put yourself in it? Some people do, some people don't. Yes. And we find out that Burkittsville, Maryland, was originally called Blair, so that's where the Blair Witch comes from. And okay. it was founded by 20 families 200 years ago. And there is an unusual amount of children's graves in a cemetery, mostly from the 1940s. But no one in the town seems to remember anything unusual from that time, except, of course, a legend, the legend of the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. And as they, like, talk to, like, older people who have lived in the town, you know, they're sort of like, yes, like, there's all these legends associated with the Blair Witch. It's not just the one, like, oh, there's a witch in the woods. Like, one guy tells them about Rustin Parr who lived, he was like a hermit that lived in the woods. And in the winter of 1940, children started to disappear from town. And one day, Park comes into town. He comes to the market. He tells someone, I'm finally finished. And, oh. you know, which you, you don't like to hear when children are going mis- missing. No. So the cops go to his house in the woods. And they find the body of seven children in his basement. What he did is he took uh, the kids down in the basement by twos. And he made one face into the corner. Really? And then he would kill the other one. And when he was done with that, he grabbed the one out of the corner and killed that one, too. And Parr said, I just couldn't take the eyes on them. Again, giving us just enough to be like, what are we talking about? But we're what is not happening? explaining it, love it. No, um, I don't like it. I don't like it. Another woman uh, tells a story about two hunters. They stayed near the house where, you know, uh, allegedly this happened, and they disappeared. They were never seen again. And all these townspeople are, like, local people that the producers found and were willing to do it. And so, again, because everything—a lot of the things were improvised. 
Josh and Heather and Mike have not spoken to these people before. So, like, all of their interactions do feel really genuine, which I like. And as this woman is telling the story of these two hunters, she's holding a toddler. And the toddler is, like, crying and trying to put her hands over her mother's mouth and screaming, no, no. And, like, obviously, that's just a toddler being, like, you know, like, cranky or whatever. But in the context of the film, it's, like, a child trying to stop its mother from, like, speaking aloud these legends of, like, these children being murdered. So, it's just, like, little moments like that. I'm like, this is why this is popular. This is actually great. Yeah, they did a good job. It really held up. Um, There's a... Another person, they're like, oh, there's a Mary Brown. She has a story about, she saw the Blair Witch, but I'm going to be honest, Mary Brown is a little bit nuts, so just be warned. So the filmmakers go over to Mary Brown's house, and she's a little kooky, but she says, uh, here's my experience. I went down to Taffy's Creek with my father as a child uh, to go fishing, and I'm, like, laying in the grass, like, looking up at the sky, and then I turn and I see a woman um, completely covered in hair, like um, like animal fur or horse hair. And she's wearing a shawl, no. and she opens the shawl, and her entire Mm-mm. body is covered in animal hair. No. And she has a bizarre look on her face. Like, covered in it like it's growing, like she is making it, or she has covered herself in the shorn hair of other animals. A great question. I'm not sure. When I heard it, I took it to mean it was growing out of her skin. Like, it was as if she was covered in hair. But I think you're right. It absolutely could be a full-body wig. Exactly. There's no good. It's not like, oh, that, that's great. (laughs) Oh, that's just a wig you made out of children's hair? Okay, that's all right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not worried at all. Nice shawl. Um, but then Mary Brown also, we find out, like, says she's, like, a scientist and, like, is a story. Like, so it's, like, her. she's someone who's maybe kind of a, a kook, you know, like, less of a reliable yes. person. And um, this is, uh, about then we find out, like, Heather is sort of our antagonist and our protagonist. She is much like many of our horror movie um, leads. She is filled with hubris over Weeding Pride. And uh, Josh kind of got fucked up the footage for Mary Brown. So, like, you can see it, but it doesn't look great. And the reason that they had to add okay. this is all of the footage, for the most part, is shot by the actors themselves on handheld cameras, which works great, but they aren't trained to do that. So, like, there are some scenes right. like Mary Brown's like, that's because that actor, Josh— was not really familiar with how to shoot with that camera. So, like, the distance was off, like, he was too close or something. And so Heather's like, I'm sorry, like, are you? can you really not shoot? Like, I thought you could shoot. Like, she's already, like, very, like, on top of him and, like, sort of, like, mm-hmm. in a way that is just not good for a director or a boss, but speaks right. to, like, how, like, she's so single-minded about getting this documentary that it does, other stuff doesn't really matter, you know? Yes, yes. Yes. And um, I guess in real life, like, that actor, Heather Donahue, had a real backlash. Like, people hated her because they didn't like the character, which, one, seems sexist to me. And, two, um, it really speaks to how dumb people are because um, that's not Mm -hmm. real. But I've been on TikTok for a couple couple weeks, and I feel like I am surprised by the stuff that adults seem to believe or to buy into just casually. So I guess I can yeah. see, like, especially now, like, if you're, like, a bitchy woman who's the lead in a movie, people would be like, that woman's a bitch. It's like, well, that's not real. You know that, right? Yes. but It is, like, also a testament to the marketing of this film, though. That oh, people, absolutely. Yeah, that's true, like, too. Like, do assume, like, oh, that person, like, that this is a documentary and not 
yeah. a fictionalized horror movie. And I guess the thing to compare to would be like reality TV now, like when people get like the villain edit mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm really not that mm-hmm. big of an asshole. It's just that they needed an asshole. So I was the yeah, closest they, like, they had. They're like, we'll just trim this and... Um, cut together the worst things I've done and left out all of the normal behavior that I exhibited. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that night, that first night after they interview all these townspeople, they go into a motel and they're drinking and they're like, okay, t- tomorrow we're going to sleep in the woods. And they're all kind of having a good time, really taking shots, which, again, when you're 22, you could do. If it was me, I'm like, I'm going to bed at 7 p.m. Yes. Nobody talked to me. I need to have 12 hours of sleep before we go into the woods and sleep there. Um, so we, right. they head out and they run into, in the woods, immediately two fishermen. And one of them says, like, we love, we love, uh, you know, a, a, a crone or an elderly a man, local. a local saying, you damn fool kids will never learn. I, again, if somebody says that to you, then you have to stop and go turn around. And go yeah. do, do a documentary on literally anything else. Anything else. Anything else. And um, he tells them, you know, when I was out here fishing, I saw like sort of this like ghostly figure coming out of the river. And the other oh, okay. uh, fisherman says, uh, oh, I always heard this legend about a girl in the late 1800s. Her name was Robin Weaver. And she disappeared from town. And then nobody knew what happened. And three days later, and she came back babbling about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. Okay. And, and... That's when Heather says, so how do you think all this is connected to the incident at Coffin Rock? And the, one of the fishermen said, well, it's all connected. Like, this isn't just like, oh, there happens to be all this stuff. But, of course, you as the right. viewer are thinking, what happened at Coffin Rock? Um, Coffin Rock is a great so good name for a place in a horror movie. Exactly. Yeah, I immediately— It's just, it's just per- <laughs> Coffin Rock? Yeah. It's so good. Tell me more. Um, it also reminds me very briefly. There's a hol- there's a Halloween can there's a regular candy they sell in Canada called Coffee Crisp, and it's kind of like a mocha Kit Kat. Uh, it's very good. Um, but at Halloween, they changed the name and the packaging to Coffin Crisp. Cute. Uh, and I'm like, why is every candy not doing that? That's really cute. Coffin is such a good word. Um, I also will shout out my favorite Halloween candy, and if this causes a run on them, I'm, I accept that. It is Witch's Brew Kit Kats. If you ever see them, they're a Target. They're purple. They have a really cute witch on them. And they are like um, a white chocolate, which I normally don't care for. But it's like a pale green white chocolate. As evidenced by the podcast. Exactly. Okay. And then inside it has like a vanilla, uh, like a marshmallow cream. And it tastes like a Rice Krispie Treat. Incredible. See, I like that. Yeah. And even if you don't like white chocolate, it doesn't really taste like white chocolate. It just tastes like marshmallow. Good as hell. Yeah. <clears throat> Back to the movie. The three filmmakers, they drive further into the woods, they park, and then they are they have their packs. So they've got t- a tent, they've got sleeping bags. Like, they're going to camp near Coffin yes. Rock and sort of, you yes. know, see what, see what there is to see. Uh, and once they arrive, Heather reads from a historical book about the incident. And here's what we hear. <clears throat> they went into the woods, prepared to find death, and said they found a desecration of humanity at the site that ha- the trappers often called Coffin Rock. And what happened was, what had happened was, at Coffin Rock, five men were tortured, murdered, and left on top of, like, it's basically just, like, a low rock outcropping into, like, a river. And each man's hands was bound to the other's feet, forming a solid structure out of the men. Blood at at the edges of the head indicate the act had been committed while each was alive. Even worse, in the torso of each man, the intestines had been torn out crudely. On each man's sun-bleached face was inscribed indecipherable writing, cut into their flesh with an eerie precision. 
So, so somebody oh. finds this, unfortunately. By the time they go get the sheriff and authorities come, the bodies are gone. But the area still smells no. like dead bodies. Death. Yeah. yeah. And they never find those men, and they never know what happened. <clears throat> so they're going to sleep there, Allison. Um, it immediately starts to First pour rain, huge too. Huge mistake. Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. You love sleep, love to sleep outside and pouring torrential downpours. And they reference like it being cold, and I guess it's like we're supposed to be fall, like maybe it's the fall semester. Could not be me. Could not be no. me. I guess it could be really any time in school cold year. Cold fall be cold. rain. Yeah, in the woods, and they're all like. sleeping in the same tent. And there is some fun t- banter about who's allowed to fart. You, do you permission to fart? Heather's like, you, yes. you, you told me I couldn't smoke a cigarette in the tent, but you guys can fart. It's like, you cannot smoke a cigarette. This is a very no, nice. No, in a tent? Yeah, what are no. you talking about? It's over. Um, it starts to rain and they all scramble in. And in the morning, they wake up and Josh was like, I heard a bunch of stuff in the middle of the night, including, but not limited to, cackling. But both Mike mm-hmm. and Heather have slept through it. And they're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I, like, if I had heard Kathy, I would have run out of here. But they are both like, they, okay, that didn't really happen. You just heard something and got scared, you know? Right, right. It's like a bird that, like, kind of sounds enough like a person that if you're disoriented and in the woods in the middle of the night, you're going to yeah. think. Yeah. And so they start to walk. They're like, we're going to find this cemetery they want to shoot in that's not too far away. Immediately, Heather's like, well, I know a shortcut, so we're going to go straight up this hill and get to a trail. Josh and Mike are like, I feel like we got to be checking the map. We got to be looking at the map. And Heather's like, no, no, no. This will be much faster. We're going to get some great B-roll. You got to trust me. They're in the middle of fucking woods. This isn't even like there's trails or other people there. Like they're going into the woods where like you're just walking through the underbrush, you know. But they're still having fun. They like film Mike's chest hair and like they like get shots of Heather peeing and they find, like, a dead mouse. They're like, was this the work of the Blair Witch? Oh, like, they're playing around. Yeah. I know. And, like, still, like, okay, things aren't so, you know, like, we're still having a good time. Me, I'd be fucking bolting out of there. Like, at, like I'd be like, get me in a car. Yeah. Take me to, you know, a restaurant. <laughs> take me to Arby's immediately. Take me to Carl's. Take me to Arby's. Uh, I mean, I, we never would have gone in. So this is sort of like, at this point, it's like, yes, I would right. if I heard that thing about right. Coffin Rock, I would have left. But had I known before, I, I wouldn't have gone in. So it, it's right. sort of... Yes, absolutely. It is neither here nor there. Um, and Heather insists, I know where I'm going. She says at one point, some of it is off trail hiking, which is not um, a thing. And Mike kind of calls mm-hmm. her out like, you've never done this. Like, you've never been out here. Like, why are you acting like you know everything? And Josh kind of breaks it up, but that's, like, the beginning of, like, their tension of, like, who's in charge, who is using the map, who's correct. And Heather has, like, the energy of, like, listen, I'm a woman in a man's world. I want to be a director, so I have to be a hardcore. But also, that creates a level of, um, again, single-mindedness. Where it's like, girl, just because you're good at making a documentary doesn't mean you're good at using a map or like, you know, being locating yourself making in the woods. A That's a very specialized skill has that most to people do don't with have. The woods. Exactly. Yes. People train to just know the woods. Yeah. And Mike says, like, I don't want you filming any of us arguing. Like, this isn't a documentary about us getting lost in the woods. It's about, you know, like the actual thing. And Heather's like, we're gonna look back on this and laugh. This will be like great content. Like, do not worry, it's gonna oh, be God. totally fine. The first era of content. Exactly. And <laughs> the scariest part of the whole movie. Right. The idea, like, well, we have to film ourselves arguing. We People need are gonna wanna see it. 
And I guess this was like the beginning of like modern reality TV, like that era where it's like people would have watched them arguing. It's early internet too. Unfortunately, as they walk, Mm. they find seven rock piles, which we know references the number of children that were murdered, ostensibly under the influence or direction of the Blair Witch, but it was by that guy, Rustin Parr. And of course, Josh inadvertently knocks over one of the rock piles. And Heather at least does the right thing and sort of, like, puts them back together. You know, like, she's like, let's, mm-hmm. okay, I don't believe it, but, let's, like, let's not get crazy here. Let's leave this as we found it. Yeah. Um, and that night, they bunk down again. They turn, you know, they go to sleep. And then in the middle of the night, they all wake up. They turn the cameras on. And they can hear snapping branches and somebody walking around the campsite. And sort of the clattering of rocks echoing in the distance. Oh. And Heather says, it's really crazy. It sounds like it's all around us. It doesn't sound like someone's just walking and, like, trying to take their stuff. Like, like one direction. Yeah, like, they're yeah. surrounded by noise. I, send, I don't know how, but basically, they're able to go back to sleep. But Mike is, like— Oh, that's insane. Mike is the first one to be, like, fuck this. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be—I I didn't come out here to have anything crazy happen to me. Like, again, I am a sound guy or a cameraman. Like, I'm not—like, I didn't sign up for this. I'm not going to endanger myself. In the morning, Josh says, I think it was somebody fucking with us. Like, I think there's a person out here. And Heather's like, who would be out here? He's like, I don't know. Have you seen the movie Deliverance? Like, we don't know what's going on. So Mike (laughs) and Josh are like, we did hear the noises, and it's somebody out here. Heather is very much like, okay, so somebody's out here. Like, look at, like, they didn't do anything. Like, okay, we heard somebody walking around. We heard rocks. But nobody touched our stuff. Everything's fine. But Mike is very much like, he's the first one to sort of indicate Fuck this, you know? And at one point, Mike says, like, I don't want people fucking with us. If that's what's going on, then I'm out. And Heather says, well, how do you know it's people? Mike says, if it's not, then I'm not trying to fuck with that either. If if something something supernatural is happening, then that's another reason we got to get the hell out of here. Right. There are no good options. Yeah. And also, it's like, if it's a bunch of deer, I don't want a bunch of deer walking around looking at me when I'm asleep. Right. The best case scenario is still terrifying enough to get you out of there. And Heather does sort of, like, bully Mike a little bit and be like, oh, are you so scared? Like, it's not that big a deal. You know, and Mike's like, fuck you. So they eventually decide, okay, we will walk back towards the car. And we got some footage, but you're right. If somebody's out here, a person, a immortal witch that is able to control people or is covered in hair, mm-hmm. maybe we, we don't is. have to risk it. So they walk no. back towards the car. But, of course, they you know, immediately you're like, I don't remember this area. I don't remember. We're not walking back through the same area. Like, I don't recognize this. And Heather's like, well, yeah, this is another shortcut. And they're like, what do you mean another, like, a different shortcut? She's like, well, that was the fastest way to where we were going, and this is the fastest way back. Mm-hmm. So she's, again, off-trail hiking and taking them off. But she's like, I have the map. I have the compass. It's totally fine. It, of course, starts torrentially raining again. <sighs> they're walking, they're walking. and Because she had said it's going to be, like, a two-hour walk back. That's fine. They've been walking for hours. They have not got no. back to the cars. And night is falling again, no. Allison. Mike is losing his night shit. Night is falling. And he's like, I, 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 like, we don't know where we are. Like, are yeah. you got us lost, you know? And he's, she's like, no, it'll be fine. We should just, we should bed down because it's raining mm-hmm. and it's dark and we're going to get lost if we do walk in the dark. Mike is panicking right. and he's like, I have to return this equipment. Like, I took this camera. Like, I technically wasn't allowed to. Like, I have a job. Like, we can't, yeah. I, I was, I, like, basically. We can't live out here. Yeah, like, they're supposed to start working and be back to normal in the morning. So, like, they were supposed to come back mm-hmm. that day. But she's like, it'll be fine. We'll go, we'll leave early in the morning. You'll get home. 
Don't worry about we'll return the equipment. You'll be able to get to your job on time. Like, do not worry. Okay. But unfortunately, we do have to sleep here again one more night. So they get back at night. Again, every, all this tension, like everyone's like mad at each other. Everyone's mad at Heather. Everyone's mad that it's raining. In the middle of night, of course, they wake up again. And Heather is just on like recording. She's recording all of this and trying to film it. It's dark. So we get like noises. Content, content, content. Again, we're hearing the noises. Somebody's walking around. We hear the clatter of rocks in the distance. And Mike says, this is a person. There is somebody out here doing this intentionally. And if this is the second night they're doing it, this isn't just someone who happened to be walking by or camping nearby. They are following us. Somebody followed us all day and are now doing this. And Mike is losing his fucking mind, like freaking out. Yes, when they correct. wake up, the correct exactly. response. When they wake up in the morning, Allison, outside their tent, there are three piles of rocks that were not there before. Allison, no. I gotta no. ask you at this point in the movie, what would you do? What would you do? It's morning. It is morning. There, are, someone has placed three so rock piles outside your tent. Not a great omen. No, terrible. Um. I am arming myself with something, maybe some rocks or getting like, if we if they have like a knife or something, I'm having a, something nearby to protect me and I am just booking it the fuck out of those woods in whatever right. direction seems, you know, maybe going back the way they came, who knows, but like, I am just moving on from You're that You're moving, place. you're keeping it moving. Do you think that I'm keeping, you- I'm keeping it moving. And this is just a logistical question. Do you think a knife would work if you stabbed like an immortal witch? Do you think that there would be any- like no, is, is there but I would like there, to there, feel, I, I think I would just like to feel the safety of knowing that I have something I yes. can try. Yeah, it would be know? soothing. But least. no, I don't think you can stab a memorial witch. I think that she will um, kill you. Um, it reminds <laughs> me of the ritual when they're sort of in the woods. They're like, oh, there's people mm-hmm. in the woods. And then eventually we find yes. out there's people, but there's also a big old crazy there's monster. And big old monster. That's the raises the stakes. Yes. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. In the morning, Heather's like, oh my gosh, he's filming it. And the other two guys are like, stop filming. This is not the documentary. We have to find the car. Yeah. Josh and Mike are like, we're, we, they are recognizing that they are truly lost. 
And Heather is still like, it's going to be fine. Like, this is, her thing is like, this is America. People know we're gone. People knew we were going. We talked to people in town. If we were to disappear, it would suck, like, to be lost. But they know we're out here. Right. We have we not gone so far away from society. We're not, we're not like, days away. But it would take away. some time. Like, people oh, would have yeah. to notice you're gone. Then they would have to know where you went. They, then they'd have to start asking these people. Then these people would have to give them vague directions of they went into the woods exactly. that way. And then they'd have to still find you. Days, and I mean, yes. hopefully not weeks, but potentially weeks of people having they, to look for you. Yes. And yes. That, even that, it's like, they didn't bring that much food. They didn't bring that no. much water. There is a creek, so like they haven't been able to find running water. But they're okay. like they could potentially starve out there. Like if they genuinely get so turned around. Unfortunately, people right. die on the Appalachian Trail, which like that seems like a highway for hikers. Like people are always on that trail. But if you get far n- enough away from the actual trails and get turned around, how do you get out of there? You know what I mean? No, I don't. I mean, this is why I don't go in the woods. Again, never going in the woods. Never going to happen. And if I ever do, I will be camped within distance from the road. I'm not going. Yes. Unfortunately, Allison, when they, you know, they're sort of panicking in the morning and, and they say, okay, we're just going to pick a direction. We're going to go. We're going to get the hell out of here. The map is missing. Josh mm. and Mike are like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You lost the map. She's like, I didn't lose the map. I always keep it in the exact same place. One of you has the map. And so they start turning on each other and blaming each other for losing the map. But basically, it seems like Heather, at least at this point, she must have lost the map because she was the last person who had it. And Mike's like, we have to calm down. We cannot fight. Let's just follow the creek. We're going to go south. We're mm-hmm. going to walk. Because eventually, the creek will run into town. So we're just going to go. And I'm like, that's a great idea. If you don't have a map, pick the body of water. You follow it. Because eventually, there's going to be something it. on It'll take the water. you somewhere. Exactly. And Josh calms down. He's like, okay, I will put the blame aside, and we have to work together. And they're like, you're right. If we do disappear, someone will start looking for us. I'm not thrilled with the idea of being stuck in the woods with you guys for days on end. No. But, like, yes, let's be rational about this. And they cross over the creek. And basically, Heather, like, falls in the water, and her shoes get all wet. And Mike oh, starts God. laughing hysterically. And Heather's like, oh, it's so funny. Like, you know, and she's like, is this a joke? Like, do you really have the map? Like, why are you laughing so hard? Like, are you teasing right. me? Is this to get back at me because I was b- being a huge bitch? And Josh is like, no, we're, all of our shoes are wet. Like, he's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, the, uh, we're laughing at mm-hmm. the scenario. But Mike is laughing, like, hysterically. Like, he's, like, laughing, laughing. And it's like, it, Mike, it's not mm-hmm. that funny. And finally, no. Mike says, no. and he admits, he's like, I kicked the fucking map into the creek yesterday. It wasn't, we were already lost. The map wasn't helping. Heather loses her fucking mind and she is screaming at him. She's like, You fucking idiot. He's like, You didn't know where we were. She's like, I did know where we were, or at least around where we were, because right. we had the map. Maybe we didn't know exactly where we right. were, but like the map but was you could a vital like, piece of this. Figure it out. Yeah. And so they are screaming at each other and she screams, If we get hurt or die out here, it is your fucking fault. And so, again, Josh has to, like, get in there and break things up. And he said, okay, I want to see the compass. And Heather's like, no, fuck you. What, you see, so what do you could kick it into the river and lose it? Right. And they get to a physical altercation where she bites him. And then Mike has okay. to, like, break it up. So things are really heated and things are really tense. And eventually they sort of calm yes. down. And they, it's not even like they're taking a break. It's like they can't move forward. Like, they're just, like, all sitting there. Heather's like, when did we decide to stop? And they're both like, girl, where are we going? Like, how are we going to get out of here? We have to figure out some solutions. Unfortunately, Allison, 
while they're there, Mike's kind of wandering around. He finds a grove of trees and hanging from, and this is a very iconic symbol, no. hanging from the branches are is the Blair Witch's symbol, which is on the poster right. and I'm sure in the trailer, yes. of sort of a, a, a stick figure man. And they're dangling. There's like of all sizes, teeny tiny ones, huge ones. Heather sort of maybe takes a little one. And, um, but, but this is very intentional artwork. Um, mm-hmm. Right. This isn't just like, oh, those sticks all kind of got stuck together. Like, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. This is, uh, this yeah. is somebody crafted these and hung them with a purpose. Not a good one. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, right. No, no redneck is that, no, no, one of those says, no redneck is that creative. So it's sort of like, there's no way a human could have done this, like, especially a hillbilly. It's like, okay. Right. Hillbillies are allowed to be creative. And Mike freaks out, and he's just screaming, help, please help us, to no one. And Heather finally admits, I guess it's safe to say we're lost. It's like, Heather, girl, you've been lost for like a day and a half. You've been lost yeah. this whole time. You, you, the second you stepped into those woods, you've been lost. <laughs> they're wet. It is raining on and off. And finally, they're like, we will set up camp. Being wet? Uh, yeah. So they set Ugh. up camp again as night falls. And they say, we're not going to light a fire and let's turn off the flashlights because if somebody is following us, Let's make it as hard as, as possible for them to locate us, you know. But, of course, that means that there's no light, and it's the middle of the night. Allison, in the middle of the night, they wake up, you know, turn the cameras no, on, no. start recording audio, Mm-mm. and they hear not simply footsteps, not simply rocks clattering or echoes or weird things in the woods. They hear a baby screaming, Allison. No! They what? hear Excuse me? They hear children laughing. They hear all this Mm-mm. cacophonous, childlike chatter and they do, finally, what I would have done was they unzip the tent and they fucking run. And they just run yes. blindly into the woods as the right. tent starts to shake from the outside. Like somebody is like grabbing the tent. Shaking it. Grab, oh, shaking God. it, lifting it up from the outside. And what do you, What else could you do but run? You know what I mean? Like it's like there's no other option. Right. Like you're not going to stay there. And, what, and and see how this plays out. And Heather still has the camera. And this is very, again, iconic, like, shaky camera, like, run where, like, yes, because the yes. light, like, the trees look really white. And then beyond it is just a void. Uh-huh. Like, you can't really see into the distance because mm-hmm. the way it's lit. Super scary. And Heather screams, what the fuck is that? And I was reading about the production. And apparently, it, when they were making it, one of the production crew was, like, on a hill dressed in all white with a ski mask on. Because they were trying to provoke a lot of like moments of um, genuine reaction, yeah. but they don't actually—they mm-hmm. didn't actually film it. So you just hear her reaction, which is way scarier. Because then it's like you don't know That's what you saw. So much scarier. Exactly. The unknown is always going to be scarier than anything that you show, because your brain yes. is going to go to the scariest points of your brain and. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. and this is, again, nope. why this really holds up is, like, it is very, is frankly very subtle, and it is a lot of, like, great mm-hmm. decisions about, like, what are we including, what are we showing, yes. what are we not showing, what are we leaving up to the audience to interpret. A lot of the audio of what's at night, you really have to strain to hear it, and, like, there's a lot of shots oh, of the woods God. where you're looking into the darkness, so it's, like, actively engaging you, which is what the, I mean, that's half the fun of a horror movie, so you're looking at the entire screen waiting to right. be scared. So it's a lot of that. So they are just bolting through the fucking darkness, terrified away from their tent. I'm thinking the whole time, like, how are you going to get back to your campsite at all? Like, depending on how, you know, far you're going to be running. And uh, they were able to find each other in the darkness, and they shut off their flashlights. And, of course, they're panicking. And they wait until dawn. 
And they're able to make it back to campsite and the tent is busted up and all of Josh's in particular stuff has been pulled out of his bag. And there's a slime over all his stuff. And Josh is like, why is there slime on just my stuff? You know, it seems very personal and targeted. Slime. And Josh was the first person to hear the sounds. So now we're starting to think, is he being particularly targeted? Um, Okay. You know, they, again, have a huge blow-up fight. Josh is like, why are you recording this? Like, this is, things have gone from bad to worse. Like, something is, somebody's after us. Don't film this. Like, if we get murdered out here, I don't want our deaths on record. You know, like, I don't want people no. to be like, oh, I'm going to release this. It'll do great at Sundance. You know what I mean? The exact thing that happened. And um, Mike's able to bust out their fight. And he says, like, let's just give him five minutes. Like, he's freaking out. And she says, I'm telling you, this is America. There's no way you could get lost in America. And Mike and Josh start singing, oh like, God, the national anthem. I know. I was like, again, the, the white lie. woman's dilemma, I suppose, yes. is like, yes. you know this isn't true. Right. Um, so they're like, okay, we're just going to pick. We know we're just gonna keep going. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. We know the creek is behind us. They walk all day, Allison, and then they arrive back at mm. the creek. They have gone in a huge circle, circle and ended right back up where they were at and have to camp in the same spot where they camped the night before. And they're all screaming at each other, like, how did this happen? Heather is starting to break down too. Like she's sobbing, and they're like, she's like, I followed the camp the compass. We walk south all day. So now we're like, something is wrong with the compass. Or alternately, something is wrong with the woods themselves. Could be both. (laughs) Probably both. So the question is then, can they escape at all? They don't know this. That's what we're thinking. But they, of course, are like blaming Heather. Like, you fucked this up. Like, you took us in a circle. This is the exact same fallen tree we crossed over when you got your boots wet. Okay, but I'd be mad at... I forget whose name uh, kicked the map into the river. Oh, I'd still be mad at uh, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike fucked this I'd up. I'd be bringing that up uh, constantly. So now, in sort of his rage, Josh has turned the camera on Heather and is filming it. Mm-hmm. And she's also really, like, hates it as much as he was hating, like, being filmed. So now she's mm-hmm. much more on screen from this point on. And they start fighting. And he says, okay, Heather, here's your motivation. You're lost in the woods. A witch visits you at night. You took one of her trinkets, and she's pissed. Are you going to write us a happy ending, Heather? And she breaks down into tears and, like, is incredibly distraught. And Mike, reasonably enough, is like, please stop. I'm, I'll, let's set up night watches so we'll take turns all night. Yes. One of us will be awake this whole time. I wouldn't be able to sleep at all. No. But, but this is, and this is also, though, like, that for the group, like, it's the, you know when, like, you've been pushed to your limit and then, like, whatever the little things are are what's going to, like, make you fully break down. Yes, yeah. Being days in the woods, being exhausted, being wet and cold, being hungry, being frustrated that you're lost. Like, those are all, like, it's, the tension is so high taking out all of the other stuff even. Like, that's when I would be, like, just in a pile, just, like, sobbing and screaming. Yes, absolutely. So they they go into the tent and Mike's like, I'm going to take the first watch and Josh apologizes to Heather. And he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm just freaking out. I didn't mean to, you know, go at you so hard and like make you feel bad. And Heather's like, no, I apologize. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone's just trying to like get through it. You know what I mean? And they all fantasize about like what kind of food they're going to eat. Like when they get back, like hamburgers and like all this stuff. Because they have basically run out of food at this point because they didn't plan to be there that long. So they only bought a couple of days worth of food which have they now used up. Allison, in the morning, Mike and Heather wake up. Josh, Josh is gone. No. Which brings me to mm-hmm. my question. Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? 
I mean, my guess is that they all die based on the found footage concept. Right, yes. I think the order that that will happen is that Heather will die last. Okay, great. Or be the last one that we see. This is this is extremely great. And yet, now that you're saying this, the found footage, the implication is that it, to find something, all there's not somebody who's like, oh, yes, I filmed that. Uh, I, I'm alive. Yes. And, um, well, I'll tell you all about it. Um, yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah, but I will, I will guess that... Um, Heather is the last one to survive. Great. Or the last one to die. All right, people. We all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Understandably, Heather and Mike are panicked about the situation. Yes. Yep. And Heather's like, oh my God, like, his his pack was the only one that had slime on it. Like, was he being targeted? They're not even saying it's the Blair Witch. They're, they're still like— Something. Somebody's out here fucking with us. Like, mm-hmm. did somebody take him? Did somebody hurt him? Because if he was fine, he, he would be coming back. You know what I mean? Like, did and Heather's right. like, do you think he just ran off? Right. It's like, no, girl, he didn't just no. run off, leaving his shit and right. abandon you guys to what end in the middle of the night? Yeah. Right. Nobody would do that. In the woods that you can't escape? Like, no. Yeah. They wait for him for hours, Allison, but he doesn't come back. So eventually they decide we have to just try to keep walking out. And instead of going south, because that didn't work, they they pick east. And then sort of have the conversation of like, all right, the Wicked Witch of the West, she was evil. And the Wicked Witch of the East, was that the good one? They're like, yeah, that's the good one. If you look it up, the only good witch is the one of the north. So it's sort of like the a nod in the movie where it's like, you could pick whatever direction you want, but you guys aren't leaving. Like, the, wherever, whatever direction you, right. you go in, there's a witch there, you know. You're, yeah, there's witches everywhere. They they walk east all day until sundown. They decide to camp, and like clockwork, as soon as it's dark, they start hearing sounds. Unfortunately, it is the sounds are now Josh screaming in pain, <gasps> screaming for help. Oh. But they're like, what if that isn't Josh? What if somebody's trying to sound like Josh in order to yes. lure us? Yes. Because if it was mm-hmm. Josh, he'd be like, guys, I'm near a tree or whatever. Like, he'd be giving more right. substantive— information. So they are like, we can't, we can't do this. You know, like we can't go out. Right. They get out of the tent, they look around, but they're like, we can't do this. And so in the morning they wake up again, how they slept, I'll never know. And they find outside their tent, a bundle of sticks that have been tied together with like cloth, like rags. Yes. Yes. Somebody has left it there. Heather panicking. She sort of picks it up and like throws it behind the tent. And Mike sort of like recuses himself to have a a personal meltdown. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. while he's Mm -hmm. having a private moment, Allison, Heather pulls apart the bundle of sticks to see what's inside. And inside there is... Bad idea! There's hair, blood, and teeth. Presumably Josh's. Teeth? 
Allison, she does not tell Mike what she found. She privately panics okay. and gets We're on making camera. mistakes left and right. But she, I think she made the calculus of, like, it's not worth telling Mike. It's just going to upset him. We're barely right. holding yeah. it together. He, Obviously, you need one person more level-headed through this part of it. Like, yeah. she can freak out internally if he's still like, okay, let's, like, walk out of here somehow. Exactly. Even though as soon as Mike comes back, Heather's, like, sobbing and hyperventilating. And he's like, are you okay? Like, what happened? She's like, I'm just really upset about everything that's happening. You know, like, which is understandable, but, like, clearly something is acutely wrong. Right. But yeah, it's like, what's wrong? I don't know. We're stuck in the woods. We're fucking going to die. Our one friend's already gone. We don't know what happened to him. You know that stuff. Yeah. They keep walking. They walk all day, Allison, and they still don't get out of the woods. So then it's night again, and they have to bunk down. And that's where we see this very iconic shot of Heather filming herself in a really close distance, and her nose is running, and she's sobbing. Mm -hmm. And she's basically, she mm -hmm. makes an apology video for her parent, her mother, Josh's mother, and Mike's mother. And it's like, in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault because it was my project. And I insisted. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. To be fair to Heather, yes. I mean, like, there's uh, some sort of evil entity or witch in the woods. So that mm -hmm. you can't, you can't blame yourself mm -hmm. for that. But she says, I had to have it my way. And this is where we ended up. And again, girl, don't punish yourself. There's a witch. Like, you yeah, know, there's... Right. Sure, you fucked up, but, like, it, Mike kicks the map into the creek. You know, we've all made mistakes during yeah. the course of this movie. Everybody's involved. Unfortunately, Allison, she then hears a noise that Amazon subtitles uh, identifies as a soft grinding noise. Okay. You hate to hear it. You hate to hear it. You and hate to read it. We hear... Again, Josh's voice screaming, but now he's screaming specific directions. And he screams, somebody, please follow my voice. I'm in the house. No. So they unzip the tent house. and they follow his voice to a house in the woods. And it's a really, it's like a, obviously an abandoned two-story house. Sure. I believe we're to understand that that's the house owned by Rustin Parr, the guy who killed the seven children. The guy who killed the children. Because he's a hermit in the middle of the woods. And, and they go right. up to it, and Heather is screaming at Mike, do not go inside. Do not go inside. So, of course, Mike has to go inside the house. Because he can hear Mike scream or Josh screaming. So, it's like yeah. Mike is like, if he's injured, maybe he went here for shelter, and he fell, or whatever. He's alive, and I have to believe that we can help him. Again, a horror movie mistake 1,000. If you hear your friend in an area where it just doesn't make sense for them to be, that's a witch trying They're to lure you to your death. They're not there. So they go in, and we, that's sort of, again, like another iconic moment of this is just both of them with their cameras recording themselves go through this house. Allison, on the walls, there are no. dozens, if not hundreds, of children's handprints and what is presumably blood. And then written <sighs> also in blood are all of these, um, like, signals and symbols that I guess are like from a European, it's like the Futhark mm -hmm. alphabet, but they're all reversed, which I thought was a no. fun, because they're being used for, you know, evil Things intent. Things backwards. Yeah. Always scary. And I think we're to think these are the symbols that were also scratched in the face of the five men who were murdered on Coffin Rock. Like these, this mm -hmm. is a language of, mm -hmm. the, of the Blair Witch. And mm -hmm. we hear Josh says, he's still screaming. Heather is, like, has also entered the house and is begging Mike to please leave. And we see them going upstairs, seeing that all this is just decay upstairs. in this house. 
And finally, no. Josh essentially screams, I'm in the basement. And Mike goes down to the basement while Heather's saying, do not go into the basement. Don't no, do it. don't go in the basement. And as soon as don't he go goes in. go to the basement in, of a regular house in a neighborhood. <laughs> right, like, exactly. With people actually living there with a, with a washing right. machine and a bunch of like old right. Christmas yeah, ornaments. Yeah, just don't go down there. It's scary. And he walks down into the basement and we just see him stop and his camera hitting the ground. The final shot is of Heather entering the basement also with her camera, panicking, screaming, hyperventilating, and seeing Mike standing motionless in the corner. She screams, and suddenly it's cut off, and her camera also hits the ground. And we just see the camera record the darkness. And Allison, that's the end of the movie. No. No. So, Allison, no. if you could think of any fatal mistakes that ha- people made in this movie, what would they be? Fatal mistakes. I've got a bunch. Lay down me. Being a film student. Yes. Um, <laughs> going, going to do this documentary at all. Yeah. Uh, continuing on at every <laughs> point. <laughs> um, going into the woods. Without, and, like, without, like, proper, like, I think there are ways when you go camping, like, where there you can have flares. There's, like, more advanced, like, directional and communication tools. Like, don't just go into woods you've never been to with, like, a couple cameras and a tent and some snacks. Like, that's not doing it. Kicking the map into the woods or the, (laughs) the creek. It's just all, it's just fatal mistakes all the way down is what we're realizing. Yeah, this, it's this like has every the most single fatal choice mistakes. they made was the wrong one. And then, yeah, like misunderstanding or underestimating the power of the Blair Witch, hearing all those legends yes. all together and being like, I still will um, go into the woods. Because, you know, as, as right, I just make a was, documentary of the interviews. Right, exactly. The you idea that to, you need to you camp need to there in. overnight. But I guess we're to think that right. once they entered the woods, it was a done deal. Was, like if yeah. you go into the woods, you are inherently risking your life at any point in time. Yes. The yes. witch could sort of turn her eyes towards you mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. either force you to kill children or kill you herself or disappear you and use you for her occult purposes. Yeah, yes. there yes. is. Yes. It's just all of it is mistakes. Like, there's very fundamental horror movie mistakes. And that's fun. I feel like we've seen a lot of, we've done a lot of movies recently where it's like, well, this is kind of out of their hands, you know? And this was like, no, they yes. chose to go in there knowing all very of Very active. Mm-hmm. They chose to do off-trail hiking. And Heather, you know, like, it's not all her fault, but she did make some huge mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, on the flip side of it, as a filmmaker, this is uh, the most famous movie she possibly could have made. So it's sort of like, well, yes. the Heather character would have been happy with at least the yes. results of their filming. Correct, yes. And then finally, where would you place the Blair Witch on the spooky scale, do you think? Spooky scale. I think this has to be like at least an eight. Okay. Found footage in general is always a scary, like, thing. Like, it already is like, oh, I'm not even supposed to be seeing this. Like, that, like, already sets the tone that, like, the whole thing is scary. Yeah. Um, And just, like, the way, the, from the scenes I've seen over the years when it, like, was, like, when it first came out in the trailer, when it, like, it is shot well mm-hmm. for what it's trying to accomplish. Yes. So it's, like, done really well. And, like, again, like, as we talked about, like, the things you don't see are the scariest. And it feels like they made a lot of really good choices along the way of, like, we're not going to show you a witch or a monster or, yes. like, 
big dead deer and like spooky. It's like actually just like the tiny little things that indicate something bigger is looming is so much scarier than showing for real what's going on. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I was, give it an eight. Um, I there were a couple moments that um, I guess they were like playing with doing like different things. Let me try to find it. It was in mm-hmm. the, again the Amazon like trivia. Like for example, oh, at yeah. one point they're like maybe we should have a giant stick figure chase them through the woods. Which I think would be really scary, but also I, I don't know if they had the budget for that kind of thing. No, it doesn't seem like that. Um, there, and there were a couple other moments where they were trying to play with these larger scares at the end. Like maybe there'd be a reveal mm-hmm. or you see the witch. But at the end, they decided the, the ending being confusing and more subtle was more affecting. And I completely agree. Like it just— Absolutely. It's not like you see them get torn apart by the witch. You just see— You, you just know. It's almost like you see everything but their death. And that was great. Mm-hmm. So hats off to them. Ugh. I'm going to say a seven. I think it really holds up. Yeah. Um, obviously, I have an attachment to it because I saw it, you know, as a as a youth and mm-hmm. really yes. enjoyed it. So, but even now, like, I feel like a lot of horror movies look really slick now. And mm-hmm. this really, you felt much more a part of the experience because of the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that, I don't know. Again, like, even the... You know, whatever. I'm not going to call it any particular movies, but it's like even movies that don't have to look slick do look very polished right now. Yes. That's like that's just like the yes. aesthetic, the current style. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's I don't know. I just have no um, interest in that uh, whatsoever. And oh, okay, I was just I was trying to think of there's one more piece of trivia. Basically, mm-hmm. like Timmy. they had shot that ending, and then they went back and shot the townsperson saying that Russ Parr killed the kids by having them stand in the corner in order to rationalize the ending, which is really interesting that they had done the ending before they had put that in because that seems like, well, yeah, that's why that that's why that's even a part of it. Right. Does that make sense? Right. It's like they yes, had to retroactively shoot. They had to create a mythology around a shot they wanted to keep, which I think is really fun. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Um, well, guys, um, I'm also going to give it a seven if I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, Great. Thank you for joining us. And yes. we're going to keep it spooky and keep it going. And please join us yes. on Monday, October 25th for Malignant. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be so fun. Old was a phenomenal. The last one was so much fun. So a, good. A friend of mine who loves the pod and I see often was like, I'm excited for the next one and I can't wait to see everybody back in the chat. Um, she was like, that was a real fun party. So, you know, there's more going on. It's not even just listening to the episode or watching us do the episode. It's like, there's a whole component that's super fun. And you guys are all so funny. Um, we'll, we'll play games. It's going to be a great time. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Get your tickets at momenthouse.com slash ruined. And until then, we're going to ask you, please, keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 